0: Volume One, Chapter Eight, Part Two of A Popular History of England from the Earliest Times to the Reign of Queen Victoria. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter A Popular History of England from the earliest times to the reign of queen victoria by francois pierre Guillaume guizot chapter eight part two richard's farewell to the holy land richard assumed the garb of a merchant and started on his journey through the mountains of the tyrol he arrived at goritz in carinthia where he sent and asked for a passport for baldwin of bethune "'one of his knights, and for Hugh the merchant. "'The messenger was instructed at the same time "'to present the governor with a ring "'which the merchant sent him. "'The governor scrutinised the messenger. "'You are not speaking the truth,' cried he. "'It is not a merchant who sends me this ring, "'but King Richard. "'But as he honours me with his gifts, "'without knowing me, "'although I am the cousin of Conrad of Montferrat,' i will do him no injury tell him however to leave this place as soon as possible the governor of goritz did not wish to arrest king richard but he had not promised to keep the secret he informed frederick of montferrat conrad's brother that coeur de lyon was about to travel across his dominions recognized by a norman knight the king was saved by a faithful vassal and had arrived in the states of the duke of austria when he fell ill in the village of Eperg, a short distance from Vienna. A page was dispatched to the capital to exchange some gold bezants for current coin of the country. He was noticed and interrogated, and being put under torture, he divulged his master's name. Richard was stretched upon his bed, sleeping, when the mayor of Vienna entered his little apartment. "'Good morrow, King of England.' He said you hide in vain for your face betrays you the king had already seized his sword protesting that he would only surrender to the duke himself leopold was unwilling to let anyone else have the honour of making the capture he soon arrived and received the king of england's sword you should esteem yourself fortunate sire said the duke with a smile of revengeful satisfaction if you had fallen into the hands of the relations of Conrad of Montferrat, you would have been a dead man, even if you had had a thousand lives. And triumphantly leading forth his prisoner, whom he reminded on the road of the insult which had been formerly offered to the Austrian flag, he shut Richard up in the castle of Dernstein. But the emperor at once claimed the illustrious captive. "'A duke cannot possibly keep a king!' he urged it is the right of an emperor and richard was conducted to the castle of trifels where he languished for two years while king richard had been acquiring glory in palestine without any signal advantage gained to the christian cause disorder reigned supreme over his kingdom the chancellor longchamp had seized upon the power casting his fellow bishop of durham into prison and only setting him free at the price of all the dignities which the latter had bought of Richard. The Chancellor was able and devoted to the King, but haughty, arrogant, despotic, and above all rapacious, as all powerful men were at that time. If he had remained master, said the Chronicles, he would not have left a belt to the men, a bracelet to the women, a ring to the knights, or a jewel to the jews but scarcely had king richard arrived in palestine when prince john unmasked himself having raised an army against the chancellor he claimed the supreme authority on the ground of his being heir presumptive to the crown resolutely refusing to recognize the rights of arthur of brittany son of geoffrey whom richard had repeatedly nominated as his successor badly supported by the barons Longchamp was beaten and compelled to agree to a truce by means of intrigue and concessions john first of all caused himself to be recognised by the regent and the council as heir to the throne then obtained the deposition of the chancellor and saw himself raised to the dignity of governor-general of the kingdom it was on the ninth of october eleven ninety one while King Richard was fortifying the town of Jaffa after the victory of Ascalon. The new regent offered to allow Longchamp to keep his diocese of Ely and have the governorship of three royal castles. No, said the deposed Chancellor, I will not willingly give up any of my master's rights, but you are stronger than I, and Chancellor and Chief Justicier as I am, I yield to superior power he consigned the keys of the tower to Prince John, and made preparation for leaving England. No doubt he knew the prince too well, not to fear some treachery, for he disguised himself as a travelling tradeswoman, and, accompanied by a large number of boxes, he waited near Dover for the ship which was to carry him to France. The vessel was delayed. Some fishermen's wives, passing along the beach, asked if they might look at his goods but the chancellor of england did not understand english but only spoke norman and therefore could not answer the women being impatient declared that the owner of the boxes must be a mad woman and raised her veil they started back at seeing a man's face underneath it the fisherman rushed to the spot and suspecting some sinister purpose in the disguise they subjected Blanchon to ill treatment until the officers of the guard came, tore him from their grasp, and took him to prison. The Chancellor had much difficulty in getting free again and in obtaining permission to proceed to France. The Archbishop of Rouen was created Chancellor and Chief Justiciar in his stead. It was in the month of October 1192 when King Richard was just setting sail from Acre that rumours of his approaching return were spread throughout Europe, but in vain did days, weeks, months elapse. The champion of the cross, Coeur de Lyon, had disappeared and his fate remained shrouded in mystery when, at the beginning of the year 1193, a letter from the Emperor Henry VI to the King of France, discovered by accident, revealed the fact of richard's incarceration in austria the enemy of the empire and the disturber of france said the emperor is imprisoned in a castle in the tyrol and watched day and night by faithful guards with naked swords the exact whereabouts of the castle remained a secret the effect of this news in europe was wonderful Richard's reputation had caused people to forget his pride and avarice. Prince John was as proud and as avaricious as his brother, without the fitful generosity and brilliant valour which in Richard compensated for so many faults. The clergy remembered the great deeds performed for the deliverance of the Holy Sepulchre. All the noblemen and knights were disgusted at the treachery which kept a king and a crusader in an unknown prison the Pope excommunicated the Archduke Leopold and threatened the Emperor with the same penalty. Prince John and the King of France alone rejoiced at the powerless state in which their enemy found himself. The prince hastened to Paris to do homage to Philip for all the dominions which the King of England held upon the continent and then, recrossing the Channel, he commenced preparations for raising an army to enable him to dispute his brother's claim to the crown but already the barons and prelates who remained faithful to richard had unfurled the royal standard the hired soldiers gathered together by john were repulsed and the feeble usurper was compelled to consent to an armistice his ally of france had been unsuccessful at rouen which was defended by the earl of essex who had recently arrived from palestine philip had been compelled to quit that town the ex-chancellor Longchamp had at length discovered the king's prison and had gone to see him he managed to induce the emperor to convoke the diet of the empire at hagenau in order to hear the charges against richard the king of england appeared before the princes there assembled and cleared himself easily of the accusations brought against him the emperor consented to deliver him up for a ransom. The sum was fixed at a 150,000 marks of silver. The king's fetters were removed, and he was led back to his prison, there to remain until the united efforts of his people should raise the required sum of money. My brother John will never gain a kingdom by his valour, Cour de Lion had disdainfully declared on hearing of that prince's treachery. But John could plot, and supported by philip augustus he contributed greatly towards postponing the deliverance of his brother richard was still languishing in prison at the beginning of the year eleven ninety four lamenting his fate in provencal ballads which may be translated thus now know ye well my barons people all english and norman gascon and poitevin that for no money would i leave in thrall the poorest of my comrades thus to pine reproach i made not nor desire withal though now two winters here the period of his captivity was at length however drawing to an end in vain did philip augustus and prince john propose to the emperor henry a much larger sum than richard's ransom if he would still keep the latter in prison the princes of the empire opposed the offer indignantly, and when the first half of the ransom arrived in the month of February 1194, the king was at length restored to liberty. He landed at Sandwich on the 13th of March to the great delight of his subjects. Prince John had taken refuge in Normandy, and the other traitors had disappeared. Richard seized upon several castles "'deprived several rebels of their offices "'and sold them to the highest bidder. "'Then, levying another tax upon a country exhausted by war "'and by the payment of the royal ransom, "'he hastened to France to punish her king "'for the injuries inflicted upon him by that monarch. "'On disembarking, Richard was met by his brother, "'who reckoned upon the intercession of his mother,' to obtain the forgiveness of the sovereign whom he had so cruelly wronged. I forgive him, said Richard, and I hope that I shall forget his misdeeds as completely as he will forget my forgiveness. He refused, however, to reinstate John in his land and castles. War was still raging between the two monarchs with variable success. Richard was enabled to wreak his vengeance upon the Bishop of Beauvais who had formerly been entrusted with missions from philip to the emperor of germany that prelate having been made a prisoner during a battle by mercadek chief of the brabantines in richard's service was imprisoned in the castle of rouen in vain did he implore the intervention of pope celestine the third in his favour the king of england sent the armour stained with the bishop's blood to the pontiff with this quotation from scripture see whether it is your son's garment the pope laughed it is the coat of a son of mars said he let mars undertake to deliver him and the bishop remained in prison until the death of king richard so many struggles were necessarily burdensome from sea to sea england was ruined say the chroniclers a citizen of London, William Fitz Osbert, better known by his title of Longbeard, constituted himself the champion of the poor, endeavouring, first of all, by interceding with the king to obtain a lessening of the burdens which were crushing them. The king wanted money. Longbeard achieved no result and came back to England, where he organised a secret association. He began a series of public orations causing dangerous riots in London, where he was looked upon by the people as their king and saviour. The authorities endeavoured to arrest him, but he took refuge in the church of St. Mary of the Arches, with a few supporters, where he defended himself until the building, being set afire, he was obliged to leave it. He was wounded, captured, and dragged to Smithfield, where he was hanged. The people had done nothing to rescue him, but it was found necessary to punish the fanatics who came by night to scrape up the earth at the foot of his gibbet to be preserved as relics. King Richard had defeated Philip Augustus at the gates of Gisor. While making his escape, the King of France had almost been drowned in the river. "'I made him drink the water of the Ept,' Richard wrote triumphantly but the day was approaching which was to see the end of so many heroic but fruitless struggles. It was rumoured in Normandy that an arrow was being fashioned in Limousin, which was destined to kill a tyrant. The King of England learnt that his vassal, the Viscount of Limoges, had discovered a treasure. He at once sent to claim it of the Viscount, who sent him one half of his treasure trove upon a mule, "'Gold treasure belongs to the liege lord. "'Silver is divided,' said the Viscount. "'But Richard wanted the whole. "'He marched against the castle of Chalus, "'where he expected to find the treasure, "'and laid siege to the place. "'It was well defended, but provisions had run short. "'The garrison wished to capitulate. "'No,' said Richard, "'I will take your place by storm.' AND CAUSE YOU ALL TO BE HANGED ON THE WALLS. THE DEFENDERS OF THE TOWN WERE IN DESPAIR. THE KING AND MERCHADECK WERE EXAMINING THE POINT OF ATTACK WHEN A YOUNG ARCHER, BERTRON DE GOURDON, PULLED HIS BOW AND, PRAYING TO GOD TO DIRECT THE ARROW, AIMED IT AT THE KING. THE LATTER WAS STRUCK ON THE LEFT SHOULDER. THE TOWN, HOWEVER, WAS TAKEN BY assault. "'and all the garrison were hanged. "'The king sent for Gordon. "'He was dying, for an unskilful surgeon "'had broken the arrow "'and left the steel portion in the wound. "'Wretch!' said he to the archer. "'What have I done to you "'that you should have attempted my life?' "'You have put my father and two brothers to death,' "'said Bertrand, "'and you wanted to hang me.' "'I forgive you,' cried Richard let his chains be removed and let him receive one hundred shillings marchadec took no heed of the royal pardon but caused bertrand de gordon to be flayed alive gordon's children fled to scotland and became it is said the founders of the illustrious family of the gordons richard died on the sixth of april eleven ninety nine scarcely had he breathed his last when his sister joanna whom he had married to the Count of Toulouse, arrived at the camp before Chalus to solicit help for her husband in his dispute with the court of Rome in the matter of the Albigenses. She was informed of the death of her brother and the shock caused her to give birth to a child prematurely. The child was stillborn and the mother died in delivering it she was buried with her brother at Fontevraud, at the foot of the grave of Henry II. The period of chivalric enterprises in England had gone by, and that of humiliation and decay was commencing. The reign, however, of John Lackland, the most cowardly and treacherous of the sovereigns who have sat on the throne of England, is one of the most important epochs in history, for from that time dates the active part Played by the nation in its own affairs, the time of Magna Carta, the germ and foundation of all English liberty. End of chapter eight, part two.